Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv. And we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. I want to welcome you to New Hope Church today. Please let us know where you're watching from in the comments section there on YouTube and on Facebook. Last weekend, Pastor John was here with us. That's because Jane and I had the opportunity to get out of Dodge for a little while. We were supposed to go on our uh, anniversary trip. We we're going to go back to spend some time where we spent our honeymoon, but that trip got canceled by our airline or by the place we were going. I don't know which. We got an email said you're not coming anymore, so we couldn't do that. Then we got the opportunity to go out of town and go to uh, just west of Panama City Beach. And it was wonderful while it lasted because we had to come back early because there was a a tropical storm headed our way that turned into a hurricane, which ended up, you know, being a kind of a false alarm for us here in the Houston area. But I'm just telling you, if it's not murder hornets, it's something else. Unfortunately, last Sunday, Facebook crashed during Pastor John's sermon. I just want you to know right now, it's not us. We have a very robust internet here at the iCampus. Uh, all the equipment is up to par. It's Facebook, Facebook. And, I, and I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but a lot of churches have been reporting outages during their live stream of their church services. So today, if Facebook goes down, do this. Just follow us over on YouTube. Go over to YouTube, and, and I would like for the moderators in, in Facebook, if you would, to put the link to YouTube. So if Facebook does go down, one click, and you can join us over on YouTube, all right? So we're in a series with an unusual name, and the reason that I chose this name for this series is because it feels sort of uh, analogous to what we've been experiencing. About the time that we think there's going to be some smooth sailing, boom, murder hornets. As I told you in week one, this is a picture uh, that accompanied an actual news story on an actual news site. The, the story was about murder hornets, whatever. But more important than a particular crisis is the principle that endures no matter what happens to us in this world, no matter what gets thrown at us. God has enabled his children to thrive in uncertain times. And man, we are definitely in some uncertain times right now. Uh, pandemics, riots, you know, hornets, hurricanes, uh, an election, uh, school opening or maybe not opening. So much uncertainty out there. But listen to me, God's children will always prevail. Now, we've been learning from 2 Corinthians, just a few chapters in 2 Corinthians. Pastor John had us in chapter 5 last week. This week, we're going to back up a little bit and go to chapter 4. And uh, we're going to see in the text today, uh, we're, we're going to talk about being real from the text today. And uh, truth is, God put the light of Jesus Christ inside of us to shine. And he wants us to let it shine, especially now. I say especially now because it's like when it's raining, it's a great time to own an umbrella. When there's a hurricane about to hit, it's a great time to have a generator. When uh, murder hornets attack, it's a great time to have on your bee suit. <laughs> if you have a bee suit. Uh, but right now, Right now is a great time to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, the more uncertain the world becomes, the happier I am that I know Jesus. Somebody say amen if you agree with me on that. 
So what does it mean to live authentically in Christ in these uncertain times in which we are right now? Number one, if you're taking notes, it means that we can remain positive in a negative world. It means that we can remain positive in a negative world. Being negative comes somewhat naturally to human beings. Being positive is a choice. And it's a choice that less and less people are currently making in our country and in our world today, which is why I don't watch the news anymore. That's why I spend very, very little time on social media. So much negativity out there. And you can get negative personally. You can get negative real quick if you consume what the world is putting on your plate. I've said it before. And it was true pre-pandemic. It's very, very true now as well that uh, what they say is that the more time you spend on social media, the more depressed you get. Hey, I got a better idea. How about turning off the social media and tuning into God's word? I'm just going to tell you that when we do, we can be authentically positive. Let's get into God's word. Second Corinthians chapter four is where we're going to be beginning verse one. It says, therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Now it begins with the word therefore, which means we need to figure out what it is there for. So since this is verse one, to know what verse one, why verse one says, therefore, we got to go back to chapter three, which we're not going to do a whole lot of today. But chapter three is what we covered in week one of this series when I preached the first time around. And we found out, maybe you remember this, that God is much bigger than us and more powerful than us. And he's smarter than us. And God is making a way for us. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we can be positive even in uncertain times, uncertain times. And listen to me, we ought to be positive even in uncertain times. Is that tough? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's tough. Especially when you consume, consume, consume everything the media and social media has for you. You consume more of it than you do of the Bible. I've had, uh, a number of people tell me over the past few months the exact same thing. They say, they say it maybe a little bit differently, but more often than not, it comes out like this. I miss going to church. I miss going to church. And I just want you to know, I miss it more than you. I miss it more than you. Maybe you're thinking, well, you get to be at church right now. Uh, wow. I got one guy on the camera back here. Is that Jonathan back there? Hey, Jonathan. A couple guys up in the booth. Okay, guys up in the booth. Not a, we're not a whole lot of us in the room. I miss being together with the church family. And people that don't go to church, people that don't know the Lord, don't really get it. They don't get it. They think that our time together is a waste of time. But we know something as children of God, and that is when we get together with others and we worship together with others and we get into God's word together with others, there's power. And it recharges us. Listen to me. God knew that the world would be a tough place. And he knows that right now, right now, somebody needs to hear the truth that feeds their soul. And so I'm going to give you some truth that feeds your soul right now. Hopefully this will help. This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. The one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. The one who is in you is greater than than the one who's in the world. Isn't that great to hear today? Oh yeah, Jesus said this over in John chapter 16. In this world, you will have trouble. 
And man, that would be trouble if he stopped right there. Thank you, God, that Jesus didn't stop right there. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And let me tell you something about Christians. Christians have a very different perspective on the events of this world. We can see the same thing that's happening as anybody else does, but we see it differently. We know things. We know things. For instance, we know that God is good. We know that God has a good plan. We know that he's working his plan. We know that no matter matter what happens, God is still good. He's still in control. He has a plan. His plan is good even when this world seems to be out of control. Therefore, therefore, we can be positive. Therefore, we can shine the light of Jesus. Therefore, we can encourage. Therefore, we can breathe life into those who have no hope right now because we have hope in Jesus. Somebody say amen. So here you go. Saw this quote this past week. I don't know who it's original with, but I, but I liked it, so I want to share it with you. The world sees a hopeless end. We see an endless hope. The world sees a hopeless end. We see an endless hope. Therefore, as Paul said in this passage, we don't lose heart. Therefore, like Jesus said in that verse that we just read, we take heart because we know that God's got this. You think about the apostle Paul, and I can give you many examples of his life. But, but here's just one to think about. Chapter 16 of the book of Acts, he and his buddy Silas get arrested. They get beaten. They get thrown into a prison cell. Uh, it's, a, it's a miserable prison cell in, in, in the town of Philippi. And, and instead of being depressed and miserable, they are joyful and optimistic. And they start doing this. They start singing songs. They're singing praise songs. They're chained in a cell in a dingy prison and they're singing worship songs to the Lord. I mean, most of us have it better than being chained up in a dingy cell right now and some of us find it very difficult to sing praise songs. They were choosing to be joyful even in the middle of those very negative circumstances. And then this happened. There was an earthquake in the middle of the night and it knocked the, 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 the prison door off of its hinges and onto the ground. And they stood up and they're like, man, we could, we, could, we could get away right now. This would be easy. And the jailer runs out of his house, which was either attached or next door of the prison. And he sees that the door is off the prison. So he takes out his sword because he knows that the authorities will kill him if anybody escapes. The apostle Paul and Silas, knew that they could have escaped, but they knew that the guy would be executed if they did escape. So they just stayed where they were and they see the guy about to kill himself. And so the apostle Paul says, no, don't do it. Don't do it. We're all still here. And the jailer is like, what, what? This does not make any sense. And he saw that these guys, even in these miserable conditions were positive and they were good people and, and, and they were choosing joy over being miserable. And he said, I want some of that. I paraphrase that totally, but he said, tell me more about your God. And, and the Bible says that there in the middle of the night that Paul and Silas told him about Jesus and he accepted Christ, he and his whole family. And around midnight, that same hour, they were baptized into Christ. Listen to me. I'm just telling you, If we're going to bring hope to a hopeless world, then we must not lose heart. 
Are times tough in the world in which we live right now? Absolutely, you bet they are. But let's keep it in perspective. In fact, I want to read you something. And this is something, uh, my my son-in-law, the company that he works for, uh, that's not my son-in-law, by the way. I'm putting this picture up as a representation of the note that I'm going to read. My son-in-law is much younger than that. But uh, his CEO, the, son, the CEO of my son-in-law's company wrote out a mass email to the entire company and said, let's keep things into perspective. This is uh, during the pandemic when everything was kind of going south. Let's keep things in perspective. <clears throat> I'm not sure if this is original with the CEO, but it's still good. He says, let's keep things in perspective. For a small amount of perspective at this moment, imagine you were born in 1900 in the United States. When you were 14, World War I begins and ends on your 18th birthday. With 22 million people killed. 22 million people killed. Okay, wow. You're 14, World War, four years, 22 million people die in four years. Later that same year, when you're... 14 uh, or you're 18 years old. Later that same year, the Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until you're 20 years old. 50 million people die. 50 million people from the Spanish flu in two years. Do you hear me? 50 million people. When you're 29, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. GDP drops 27% globally. That runs until you're 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world's economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. When you're 41, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthdays, 75, 75 million people perish in World War II and the Holocaust kills 6 million. That's when, then, then when you're 52, the Korean War starts, 5 million people perish. At 64, the Vietnam War begins and it doesn't end for many, many years. 4 million people die in that conflict and approximately 60,000 Americans. Approaching your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet, as we know it could have well ended. Then as you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. That's what someone born in 1900 experienced in their lifetime. A kid in 1985 didn't think that their 85 year old grandparent understood how hard their life was. School is so hard, granddaddy. Life is difficult, grandma. They didn't understand that those people were tough that they survived through a tumultuous century. And I would add today that you can too. You, you can survive 2020 and not only survive it, you can have a positive attitude. You can do it. Charles Spurgeon, the old preacher, was once quoted as saying this, we are too prone to engrave our trials in marble and write our blessings in sand. We're too prone to engrave our trials in marble and write our blessings in sand. Yes, yes, there are concerning things in our world today and we need to be in prayer, but we don't need to be in panic. Why? Because God is still 
good. And even in the middle of these uncertain times, God can still bring about good. He can still do good in my life. And I can thrive as I walk with him. And living authentically in him means that no matter what happens in this uncertain and negative world, I can have a positive attitude because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Then number two, if you're taking notes, living authentically in Christ means I can demonstrate integrity in a deceptive world. I can demonstrate integrity in a deceptive world. I was handing out Halloween candy. It's been a few years back now. Before we moved, we were in our old neighborhood and so many kids, so many kids in that neighborhood, man, I had to buy so much candy. I enjoyed it, but it, so many, I'd open up the door, there'd be like 20 kids at my door and it was awesome. I would just give them, I'd try to run out as quick as I could, you know, just pouring the candy into their baskets. And, and, uh, but this one Halloween, a few Halloweens ago, uh, doorbell rings. I go to the door expecting to see a bunch of kids. There's no, there's not a bunch of kids. There's one guy, one guy at my door. And he's like a probably, you know, older teenager, like too old to be trick-or-treating, really, in my opinion. And he's not dressed in a, it doesn't look like he has a costume on, just dressed normally. And yet he holds a bag out like this. And I was like, I did the same thing I was doing with all the kids. I was like, okay, what are you supposed to be? Before I give you some candy, <laughs> what are you supposed to be? And he goes, uh, Chinese delivery. I was like, oh, Chinese delivery guy. That's so good. You're so creative. It's incredible. I take some candy and I start to open up his bag. He's holding it kind of awkwardly with one hand that I open his bag to put some, some candy in. And there are styrofoam boxes in there. Turns out he was Chinese delivery guy. He was just at the wrong house. And, um, we had a good laugh. I had a good laugh. He didn't laugh at all. But uh, I still gave him some candy and sent him to the correct house. But I was just so used to seeing people in costumes, I thought that he was joking. And I'm telling you that nowadays, so many people are hiding behind, and I'm not talking, you know, like masks that we all have to wear right now. I'm saying, so many people are hiding behind an image or hiding behind what they think everybody else wants to see. People in costume, so to speak. And, and I just want you to know something today as Christians, we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live like that. We can live authentically. Remember the apostle Paul just finished telling us in chapter three about how big and powerful, how smart God is, how he has made a way for us. And then in verse one, he says, therefore we do not lose heart. Therefore, because God is good, God is big, God is in charge. God is making a way for us. We don't lose heart. Now verse two, Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So when a Christ follower lives authentically and sets forth the truth plainly, they stand out. And why do they stand out? Because everybody else in the world is going the same direction, doing the same thing, saying the same thing, acting the same way, hashtagging the same flavor of the month hashtag. And Christ followers stand out because they're marching to the beat of a different drum. They're standing on the truth that never changes. Even as society changes its views on every, everything. And at first that that really does drive people crazy because they want you to change with the times. Come on, man, come on, get with it. The times are changing, you need to change too. They want you to jump on the bandwagon for whatever it is this month or this year. And instead, Christ followers just keep doing this. 
They just keep talking about how good God is. They keep talking about how thankful they are for what Jesus Christ did for them. They keep saying, man, Jesus is the answer. What's the problem? Jesus is the answer. You tell me any problem. Jesus is the answer, which is what I tend to do on social media. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And you know what? At first that's irritating to a lot of people because they want to say, no, it's more nuanced than that. No, we need to say this. We need to do this. We need to walk this way. We need to be a part. Hey, Jesus, I don't care what the problem is. Jesus is the answer. And ultimately, when those people, when the chips are down for them and they are looking for real answers, not just hashtags, it's you or somebody like you that's a strong believer that they will seek out. First Peter chapter two, verse 12 says, be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. Even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see, they're gonna see it, your honorable behavior, and then they'll believe and give honor to God when he comes to judge the world. So a little encouragement today if you're feeling sort of beat up in the world in which we live, do this. Just keep living for God. Keep living for God. Keep living for God. People will act like they don't like it, but listen to me, we don't hide the truth. We don't hide the truth. Listen, uh, as I said, Christians know things. <clears throat> we know things. For instance, we, we know that sin is a deceiver and, and living a life of sin can put you on the road to destruction. Uh, people, a lot of people don't know that. We know that because we know it from here. We've got a roadmap in God's word that tells us if you live in sin and you don't turn your life over to Jesus Christ, it's not going to end well not going to end well. We know that. We know that Jesus is going to come back someday and he's going to take us home to be with him. We're going, because we're family, we're going with him. We know these things. We know that God wins. Knowing, us knowing these kinds of things makes the world uncomfortable. They, they like uncertainty, but I'm just telling you, we can be certain in our faith. We can be certain. And, uh, and, 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 and but we also need to be humble, okay? Humble with the truth, but not apologetic of the truth. Like I don't have to apologize for the truth. The truth is the truth, but I do need to stay humble. And, and by the way, I don't need to give up the truth to make somebody else feel better about themselves or to be humble. I stand on the truth, but I stand on the truth and humility. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter four, this time verses three and four. Paul says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded, blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I wish I, wish I could say that everybody is going to get it, but that's not the truth. Truth is some people will never, ever see the light. They've been blinded to the light of Jesus. And, and, and nowadays, and if you do a left looking on the internet, you're gonna see this. There are people who are militantly against God. They are anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-Christian, which I would argue is the spirit of the antichrist talked about in 1 John and 2 John. There's some reading for you if you want some homework. The reason the world can't handle Christians. It's the same reason, and you've done this. You've been sitting in a dark room, I don't know, listening to something or, or something, and you're in a dark room and, and your spouse or somebody comes in and flips on all the lights and it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, 
turn off the light, turn off the light. You're not ready for it, okay? Or, or maybe, maybe you're not dressed. <laughs> and somebody flips on the light. You're like, man, turn the light off. I, mean, I wasn't ready for that. You know, turn the light off. And, and same thing nowadays. There's a, a lot of people that they don't want the light to shine because they're not, they're not dressed. They're not ready. They're so used to darkness. And so now, instead of people embracing what God has for them and letting the light shine in their life, we're hearing increasing talk of turning off the light and silencing Christians. I even saw the other day, Tim Tebow, (laughs) Tim Tebow, man, he had a a tweet that he put out, which was just like, keep on going. God's got you. That kind of a tweet that he did a little video of on Twitter. They flagged it for sensitive content. Wow. That's the world that we live in now. Jesus said this over in John three, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So if we're going to live a genuine, authentic life as a follower of Jesus Christ, we got to be prepared that not everyone's going to be happy about that. And listen to me, that's okay. That's okay. We're not going to turn off the light so that people can feel more comfortable living in the dark in, in their sin. For instance, at New Hope, I'm not going to soft sell Jesus just because Jesus, the subject of Jesus or the name of Jesus makes somebody uncomfortable or because someone doesn't like him. That's the least loving thing that we could possibly do. What we need to do if we love people is keep shining the light of Christ so that people who are lost can find their way, even if people hate us or hate the message. Because listen to me, when life is over. I would rather have some people upset at us and God happy with us than to have everybody love us and God unhappy with us. So let's have integrity about what we believe. All right. And let's live it. And then number three, living authentically in Christ means I can practice servanthood in a selfish world. I can practice servanthood in a selfish world. <clears throat> the world, as you know, is a very selfish, selfish place. And sometimes, unfortunately, that selfishness creeps over into the church. Not with you guys. You guys are perfect. I'm talking about a church way far away that you don't know about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it can happen anywhere, can it? When we start making the church about us, the Bible about us, the universe about us. When we think that we're the center of everything, let me tell you who the center of everything is. It's not you and it's not me. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The story is all about Jesus. In fact, Jesus is the hero of the story. The only way that me and you get into the story is that we get saved by the hero. (laughs) That's the only reason we're in the story. We got saved by the hero, okay? So his lane is savior of the world and hero. Our lane is over here. We are his servants. We are his servants. And you know what, my friends? That's okay. In fact, the Bible says if you want to move up in the kingdom of God, that you get down. You get down. You humble yourself and you serve. Jesus said, the greatest among you is the one who serves. Look what the apostle Paul says in verses 5 and 6. He says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So we don't preach ourselves. That wouldn't save anybody. 
I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. He said, we're not preaching ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Where do we come into the picture? We're your servants. That's what we are. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. Once again, Jesus is the hero. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our Lord. And you and I are his servants. And that's fine with me. As long as I get to be on team Jesus somewhere, I don't care. I don't even care if I'm ball boy. <laughs> on Team Jesus. By the way, I was reading this past week. When a team wins the World Series, everybody affiliated, associated with that team gets, is eligible to receive a World Series ring. And I was like, is that really the truth? And so I started digging a little bit. Teams give away World Series rings to the groundskeepers and to the ball boys and the ball girls, which is awesome. Because like I said, if, I, if I'm on, on Team Jesus, I'm just a ball boy, I'm happy because I get the reward that Jesus has won and you do too. If we're serving on the same team with Jesus, we get the reward too, no matter what, no matter if we're a ball boy, ball girl, or a groundskeeper or what. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus said this, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Listen to me. When, when, when we get selfish, here's what it does. Selfishness blocks and dims the light of Jesus that's supposed to be shining out of us. But when we serve, that light shines most brightly and makes the most impact when, when we do this, when we choose servanthood over selfishness. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, now verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's from God and not from us. Jars of clay refers to us, uh, our human bodies. We're frail. Um, uh, the treasure refers to, and it talks about this in the verses before, talks about Jesus. Jesus, that's, he's the treasure, okay? So here we are in our jars of clay. We're feeble. We're weak sometimes. We're literally, our bodies made out of dirt that someday, you know, years and years from now, our bodies will become dirt again. We're imperfect. We mess up. We get overwhelmed sometimes in uncertain times. But inside of us, even though we're jars of clay, we have this invaluable treasure, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most important treasure in the entire world, a treasure that can bring forth forgiveness and healing and purpose and salvation and eternal life. It's in us. And the way that it shines out of us is when we get humble and when we serve. In fact, we're never, never, never are we more like Jesus than when we serve others. Jesus, the Bible says, on the night that he was betrayed, did something that blew the apostles' minds. They're in the upper room together. <laughs> Typically, what would happen would be, you know, when people would get together for a dinner party like this, the servant or the lowest on the totem pole would wash the people's feet and, and they all get together and no one offers to wash each other's feet. And so Jesus at one point in their gathering, 
He takes off his outer robe. He wraps it around his waist. He takes a towel. He gets down on his knees and pours the water into the basin and begins to work his way around to all of the apostles and he washed their feet and they were astounded, blown away. And uh, when he finished, he gave them a very simple command. He said, as I have served you, I want you to serve everybody else. Just do, just serve everybody else. Just become a servant in your life. And then he left this room and uh, went to the Garden of Gethsemane where he was arrested and then he was tortured and put to death on the cross. He went from this act of service, he went to the cross and in the greatest act of service ever recorded in all of human history, he gave his life for you and I so that we wouldn't have to die on our sin, in our sins so that we could be on team Jesus. And today, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your past is like, I don't care. I don't care what your past is. I don't care how bad you think your sin is. You could be watching today from prison. Welcome. We're glad to have you here. But no matter what your particular story is, I just want you to know something. Today, because of Jesus, you can have a new start. Your sins can be washed completely away. You can be made perfect before God so that someday when it's your time to go and you stand before God in heaven, he'll look at you and he'll not see one sin on your record. What he's gonna see is he's gonna see the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus took your sin. He took your sin. He became sin so that you could become the righteousness of Almighty God. And if you want that today, if you have never accepted Jesus, I want you to have it today. And God wants you to have it today. So uh, no matter where you are, I want everybody to close your eyes, bow your heads. I just want to pray for you for a moment. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to get this right today, Lord. I know that some of us in these difficult times that we're in, we've kind of turn the switch over to survive mode. But I know, Lord, I know I've read enough of your word to know you don't want us just to survive. You want us to thrive. You want this to be a time when you make great gains in us. And so, Lord, do your holy work in our hearts right now. And if there's someone listening today who wants to commit to Jesus, when you want your sins forgiven for the first time, you wanna be a child of God today, or if there's somebody that wants to recommit today, I'm just gonna ask that you pray with me. In just a moment, I'm gonna throw out some words for you to say. As I always tell you guys, God listens to your heart. I'm just trying to help you. Okay, just giving you some things to tell him today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you, if you want a new start today, I want you to pray along with me. Just pray this, God, Please forgive me of my sins. Please take them all away. I accept what your son Jesus did for me on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for me. I wanna be one of your children. Please accept me into your family. Okay, so here's the deal. If you are really like reaching out to him today, 
that's what's going to count in your heart if you're really reaching out to him today. I just want to tell you, God can give you that new start today. He, he is washing, if you're doing it right now, he's washing away all of your sin. And what we want you to do is this. If you've made a decision today or if you need some prayer, I want you to text the word prayer to 642-123, 642-123. And here's the deal. Um, you'll get a text back with two choices, one for if you've made a decision, one for if you need prayer. There are people waiting on the other ends of those links. So you hit one of those links, the one that's appropriate for you. There are people waiting to pray for you and to celebrate with you today. If you're outside of the United States, go to our website, newhopechurch.tv, hit the prayer link there. Real people will pray for you, okay? Love you guys, man. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to be with you in church today. Thank you for being part of what God is doing in our church at this time, even in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I'm praying God's the best for you. And uh, hopefully I'll see you on uh, Tuesday morning at our uh, devotional time, 8 a.m., our TNT devotional on our website, YouTube, and Facebook. God bless you guys. Love you so much. We'll see you next time. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.